Johnson. Care for a rub down. I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Something special is about to happen. Are you waiting to receive my lift penis? Very Yeah, g'day rubbers. Welcome back to the Weekly Rubdown, a podcast that rubs down everything NRL. Super coach, uh, you are listening to the 2024 season opener. I'm your host, Natty, and with me as always, riding shotgun in the rubbermobile, is the stats wizard himself, Walker. Happy New Year, brother. What's doing? Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. All that jazz. Mm-hmm, Mate, it's... Um, mm-hmm. Been an absolute movie marathon of all the Christmas movies. Did a trip to Newey. Uh, went to a music festival as well. Got Fuck rained a music out. Music festival. Doing, Jesus. Doing all, the, doing all the prep work as well for this baby that's coming in um, in Feb. So, yeah. Little baby um, walk. Yeah, I know. Um, never stood a chance, did it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Right. I'm going to crack a tin, tear the scab off, and mark Tinicello. Well, um, I already got one done because I'm an alcoholic. So there you go. <laughs> it's tis the season, baby. Tis, tis the, the season. season. Not back to work. So, yet, you'll, so you'll love this story before we start sinking our teeth into this rub. Huh. I uh, I have got my NFL fantasy this year. Told you about it last rub we did. Oh, I was yeah, killing yeah, it. Yeah. Was on my high horse talking you about were, how you I was were spooking a, a victory, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. You were, you were so it early. came in. Hmm, as I do, that's how I roll. <laughs> Came into the uh, major semi, the prelim. You know, needed to win this one to get in the grand final, and you really probably didn't had one, worry. One, one, one eye on the final. You were like, "I got this I did. bag, boys." Mate, I did the, I did the research. <laughs> I looked at his team. I said, "Mate, the matchups are shit. Isn't he got, he's got no chance." And of course, I had my worst week of the year. All my players, all my guns, just absolutely shit the bed. Lost. And uh, just bailed out of the finals altogether. And then I made the mistake of checking this week whether it's see how I would have gone if I had made the grand final. And oh, of course, that's, that's always good for the psyche. Mm, of course, mm. I would have beat mm-hmm. everyone by 30 points. But, uh, oh, well, what are you going to do? It's first, yeah. that's my second NFL fantasy go. Pretty happy with it. Yeah, I'll I go mean, again I, next I, year. I'd love to get into it, but I'd have to get into NFL and. Like it's just it's it's a lot of work. It is. You just got to play it's, Madden. That's how that's how I learned the game. I just played yeah. NFL Madden on PlayStation, and that's how I learned the game. Yeah. Speaking oh, I, of, I understand the game. I just don't watch it. It's so good, man. It's so good. And so, it takes so last long. week of the uh, the season, the regular season, and I'm coming first in the NFL tipping comp. Five hundred dollars on the line here. Winner takes all. Not bad. And I'm equal first with. Three or two other guys, so there's three of us on equal points. I've just got a better for and against with the the picking there. So I'm playing the defensive game. Safety, safety first. Dude, <laughs> just doing my due diligence, making the kick safe corners, bets, making the, the safe calls. But it will be a game by game toggle here. Like if they get mm. one pick up on me, all of a sudden I I might you know trickle down to third or fourth. Yeah, and yeah. And it could get fucking ugly from there because if I'm playing catch-up, you know what happens when I'm playing catch-up. I toggle myself right out of the contention. I've done it before and I'll do it again. So 
very interesting. I mean, that, I'll be that, I'll be watching MMOs, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, don't stop playing with it. You know, just leave it alone. Just, oh, just leave it alone. My but, parents, uh, my parents used to tell me that as a kid too. <laughs> it's um, yeah. Look, good luck, mate. I reckon five hundred bucks in the kitty is going to be quite yep. well spent. I would like I would like that to go into the old betting kitty going into the finals for NFL and then maybe build a little bit of a kitty for the NRL season as well. Yeah, but absolutely. We'll see how we go. I'll, I'll keep you. I'll keep you in the loop. Absolutely. Now, this rubdown is as always brought to you by our Patreon, the weekly rubdown uh, mm. Stats Central, aka the Rub Club or the Stats Lab, whatever you want to fucking call it, and all the stats, all the statistics. Everything that we're talking about in all the preseason content, it's all coming off our Patreon. We're using our own gear. We just come on here on the rub down and we just talk through it um, and sort of build momentum coming into the draft day, the real Christmas day. So if you're listening along and you're going, yeah, fuck, geez, you're talking about it too quick or I'm not quite understanding. I'd I'd really like to have a look at this. It's all in black and white on the Patreon. Get on there. Make sure you're subscribed to Tier 2. It's $8 a month. It's cheap as chips. You can have a look. Get on there. If you don't like it, jump out. But as as I always say, if you get in there and you have a look at the gear that we've got available there for $8 a month and you don't like it, you just don't like Supercoach. It's as simple as that. But it's easy easy to pull out as well. Um, That's it. Well, Patreon. Oh, you mean the Patreon. Okay. Patreon.com forward slash rubber stats. That's not easy. that easy to pull out in just oh. general sense, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, to pull out of the Patreon, I get you. To pull out of the Patreon, quite easy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you mm. if you are fans of us or you you're part of the community, you like that what the work that we do, the stuff we put out on socials, you like the podcast, whatever it might be and you just want to support us in any way, that is the best possible way to do so, is get on the Patreon and subscribe. Not only are you supporting us, and it helps us to continue the podcast, continue the weekly rubdown, but we're also giving you a lot of content and stuff to help you in Supercoach. Not only draft, but classic as well. So, yeah, yep, it's very sexual. Very yeah, And we'll, we've, got, we've got specific potties and all that sort of stuff that will be released on Patreon only, so... Yeah, there's plenty yes, of stuff that plenty. is that is tailored to yeah subscriber only gear as well, so don't worry about that. Plenty going on. Okay, so as always, every year we talk about draft as a sense that we want to grow the platform. Right, you might be listening to the podcast right now. You might be a classic player. And you've never been able to get involved in draft because, look, you don't have enough mates. You might have four or five mates, just not enough mates to, uh, keen mates to create a league. Mm. Just DM us. Get on Instagram. That's the best place to find me. DM me on Instagram. Or if you're a subscriber, get in contact with Walk over there on on the Patreon and just say, hey, I'm keen on a draft league or I'm keen on another draft league. Maybe you've, you're in a league with your mates and you want to start up another one. Just get in a, another one. Um, yeah. Just DM us. What we'll do is we'll collate all the names that want to be into, into a league and we'll set you up into separate 10-man leagues and then we'll set you up into a chat, whether that be on Instagram or whether that be in a WhatsApp. I'll stick around in the chat to make sure you've got a commissioner, whether you've got a, a, a date set up for your draft to make sure everything's humming along nicely, and then I'll get the fuck out of there and let you guys uh, get it done. But uh, if you want to give it a go, 
the times now. No better time uh, highly, than right now. Highly, highly recommend if you're a classic player and you've played classic for a number of years, you haven't tried draft at all. Just this is the year. Just give it a go. Come on in, baby. We need we need to we need to grow the platform because in the states the draft for NFL fantasy, which our super coach is based on mm-hmm. at a high level, um, it's the best format. And yep. it's only going to grow when more people get involved in it. And there's more aspects to it that I, yep. I find. And look, I find a job. We get we get that you love classic, and that's cool. But like uh, like that cute little Mexican girl on the El, El Paso ad said, "Why not have both? <laughs> Just play both. <laughs> <laughs> Just play both, baby. That's how it's done. That's how it's meant to be done. So, as I said, DM us. We'll sort you out. Yep. Now." Before we sort of sink our teeth into this rub, I thought I would go through some injury news, some suspension stuff that I found on NRL.com. I'm still alive, but I'm very badly injured. Very badly injured. So Turbo (laughs) has come out and said that he is fully fit for round one. We love that, baby. I am officially ready to be hurt again. (laughs) Let's go. Yeah, no, that's good. We yep. like that. We like that. So, yep, he'll be staying put in our rankings for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Fafida required surgery, obviously, on his torn pec. Uh, so we'll have to keep, uh, keep an eye on Oof. his rehab process. Do, do, you think, process. do you think that pushes him out of the top 10? Or do you think you've got, uh, not, got, to, speak, got to speak to Brian, I think? Don't we? I think so. I think though, that's what it is. We've got to talk to Brian about it and see. They reckon that he'll be right for round one, but it's all all always that return to performance. Mm. That's what we want to yeah, know yeah. from Brian. Um, but yeah, at this point, I'm not moving him. Um, I'm pretty I happy guess with it. There's another is. argument as well. Like, do they do they move with Firma coming back? Do they move him? Well, do they move him to the other side? Or yeah, like because Firma Firma was originally a left sided player, and because he got injured. Fafita got shifted across. Like, yeah, I have thought about this, but like, the Titans' left edge was the most prolific left edge in the comp, attacking wise. Yeah. You know, really good combinations with Kieran Foran. Kieran Foran was the best thing for David Fafita's game, and oh, you also had the combination with massively. Brian Kelly and AKP. So coming into the twenty twenty four season, you'd think they wouldn't want to touch that and keep that as it is, and then have Firma come in and play right edge. Uh, that's how I see it playing out. I have been wrong before. And the fucking mad scientist that is Des Hasler. Who the fuck knows what he's going to do? But One at of the, the moment, more unpredictable coaches out there. 100%. 100%. And that will be a common theme when we bring up some of the Titans guns that you will have to reach and go early on in your draft, like David Fertitino, Fasul Malawi, these guys. The big question is, is it worth it with the uncertainty around how they're going to be used under Des Hasler? It's well, going to be a common thing. Highlight, highlight AJ Brimson in that, yeah, in for that sure. game because yeah. holy fuck, A, he's lost. Well, we'll get to that, but he's, he's lost Jewel. And like, surely they're going to be using Jaden Campbell a bit more. How much of an impact is that going to have on Brumo's game? Well, it's one of those big uh, watch lists, isn't it? It's like, are they mm. going to have Campbell at, at fullback? Are they going to use AJ Brimson in the centers like we've heard whispers of? So trials is going to be a big watch uh, for the Titans, that's for sure. Uh, Connor yeah. Tracy had a leg injury in his last outing as a Shark, so he won't start running for the Dogs until mid-January. There's obviously going to be a bit of a log jam there in the back line for the Dogs. It's going to be a bit of a fight to see how the cards 
sort of all settled there uh, for that back line. You've obviously got Critter, Blake Taft. You've got mm. Connor Tracy. Um, what's his face? Um, muscles. Anabolic steroids. Oh, Bronson Sherry. Got him in there. The big fella coming in red hot. <laughs> pissing hot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the peptide uh, fueled. Yeah, that's uh, it. He's coming in he's coming in red hot. He's training hot. hot. He's pissing he's pissing hot. He's doing everything hot. Look um, according to Serato, he's he's been ticking all the boxes and he's been absolutely yep. killing it in the preseason. Oh, he's, so he's gonna be interesting. Yeah, definitely he was he, he was a mad talent that that yep. first year. Holy shit. Yep. So yep. I'm very keen. I like it. I like it. Um Toriel Sloan, he had a syndesmosis and a broken thumb there for the Dragons. But the only reason I'll be bringing up Tyrell Sloan's name throughout this preseason is just hoping and praying that he fucks off somewhere else so he can get Zach Lomax with the one on his back. Because not, not a zipper made of diamonds could stop the erection that'll go through my jeans if Zach Lomax is named at fullback, baby. So, yeah, uh, another watch list there. Kai Pierce Paul, surgery on his toe. We talked about that in uh, one ooh, of our other podcasts. That left that left edge position is super fucking tasty, and I'm dialed in to know what's going to happen. Like, yeah, you mentioned Kai, Kai Pierce you Paul, DeLucas. You mentioned the, in the green room guru is um, sprouting mm-hmm. a few things as well. So Tyson Purcell might Frizzell. move over to the left. Ooh. Now, if Tyson Frizzell moves over to the left, I mean – He's already got Real. fantastic base, and you add to that those nice yep. little short balls. Oh man! Oh mate! Oh, man. Yes. Whoever, Thank whoever's you. that left edge back row for the Knights, I want stocks in. Yeah, I'll mm. be very interested in that story. Uh, and then finally, we've got Tolatau Amon stood down there because he's a fucking moron. Some mm, suspensions mm, mm. for the start of the 2024 season is Corey Horsburgh, Seb, Chris, JWH, all missing a few games to start the season. So that's it so far. We'll always have a bit of an injury and suspension talk at the uh, start of each podcast if things change, if we get any news of anything that's happening out of training camps or trials or anything like that, keep you guys up to date with injuries. We know that they're going to happen. No one's going to escape the preseason without some kind of fucking big injury news. So, oh, they're going to get so, pissed and do something stupid. You know, this NRL is so the gift that what, keeps on what giving. Does that, what does that tell us? Don't draft too early. Fuck, draft as late as possible. If you're not drafting the weekend before kickoff, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Well, you just open yourself up to fucking heaps of issues. Heaps of issues. Yep. And you cunts have got 12 months to, to set this up. You just, you start you start organizing it right after the draft. You say, boys, we're going to do this this weekend for the following year. Clear your calendar. Square, square it away with the, with the family and everything. Like, That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. The wife, the kids, everything. They, they've got no fucking excuses. If you've got it in the calendar 12 months in advance, they've got plenty of time to sort shit out, plenty of time to get babysitters or plenty of time for the missus to fucking whinge and bitch about it. It's plenty of time to sort it all out. Trust me. It's all good. Yep. Now, all right. Now, Wooker has compiled a very six, sexy list on the Patreon here. And it's the biggest kick in the dick so far for the 2024 season. And it's everyone just dropping out of the jewel race. Yep. 
so we had we had 46 players that had either gained or lost or changed their um, dual positions. Out of those, we had we had about 30 players that had lost dual position. Um, obviously, Yuck. the key ones are guys like Ponga, Joey Mane, Ugh. AJ Brimson. Like all of those lost five eight spot. Then you had others like um, Toe Harris, um, Jermaine Sarko, DWZ, CNK, Corey Horsburgh. Like each of these guys were super handy last season with their dual position. Mm. I mean, we've had a couple of good ones like that have gained um, a position. So Matty Burton gained um, halfback. Luke Brooks gained five eight. So it's not all bad. But it is a significant kick in the dick. So if you if you're on Patreon already, head across just before um, the December break. We we posted it up just after they opened the doors for the team picker. Um, yeah, it's not great. It's not. It wasn't a great Christmas present. Put it that way. No, no, and it just it's going to highlight how important uh, the jewels that do remain are, especially jewels that are in positions lacking in depth because these guys losing all these dual eligibility, especially in positions like hooker, halfback, and 5'8", it just really fucks with those positions and makes it pretty hard to draft that position, let alone get some depth in that position. Do you well, know what even, I mean? Like it's- the thing that really, really fucked me over and like really pissed me off was the fact that Two players that played most of the games last season at five eight. So this is um, this is Jackie White and, and Josh Schuster, both lost five eight, and mm. I think that's fucking atrocious because the whole thing about um, like gaining or losing a spot is based on playing four games in the previous season. Both of them played more than fucking four games at five eight. Mm. Same with Joey Mano. Same with Johnny Marnie, same with even Caelan Ponger at the start of the season. Right? Mm. No, nah, not happy, Jen. Yeah. Not fucking it's happy. It's crazy. It is crazy, yeah. So, Jules, very important. They're, they're important every year, but mm. this year, for depth, it's 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 become very prevalent that fucking you, you need Big some Jules on your side. And when we talk about some of these guys as we go through the positions um, and we start rubbing down the, the specific players, Guys with dual eligibility are going to rocket up these ranks because it's we know injuries are going to strike throughout the season, and when you've got a bench that's got some jewels on there that you start moving players around, a little bit of flexibility in your side. We always talk about it. It's just mm. it's a savior. It saves your season. It can be that important. Yeah. It can save your fucking season. Well, I mean, even if you've got like one of your starting like five eights and. You've got a, a halfback that gets injured. You you can shift you can shift players mm. around if you've got. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's um, not a big deal. Yeah. The it's flexibility affords you. Yeah. Yep. So yep. so hundred percent. All right. Yep. Yep. Let's dive into some fucking some stats here, baby. Let's get the into it. Stat attack. You can feel it, can't you? Nerves and tension meet excitement and hope. Last season, now just a memory of lessons learned. A new tale begins right here. It has begun! Fuck yeah, bro. Let's do this. Oh, let's do this. Let's get on with a rub down. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. Yep, let's do it. So, last couple of years, we have been breaking down each each season 
at the culmination of the season. And just looking at the top 100 averaging players, and you have to play 16 games to, to make this list because I think that 16 games is quite important. If they can beat that 16 games, you're pretty happy with drafting them. If they play any less than that, and you're going to be pretty pissed off. So mm. have to play 16 games. And what we're looking at here is what percentage do these positions make up in the top 100 and that'll give us a really good look at how important it is and how much importance we need to place on drafting these specific positions what positions carry the most weight when you're looking at the most bang for your buck after your draft oh mate let's get into it here They're, they're pretty heavy guys yeah they're good let's get into the first two fucking um useless positions here Hooker, only making up 7% of the top 100 averaging players with only three players averaging over 60. That's just fucking horrid. That's useless. And we can lump the front row forwards in with that as well because they only uh, make up 10% of the top 100 with nine averaging over 60. So, I mean, we're telling you something that you probably already know, but it just goes to show you how, how much emphasis you should be placing on these positions. In a 10-man league, you're looking at 10 hookers without bringing into the bench, 10 hookers, 20 front row forwards in teams, and only 11 out of those 30 players averaged over 60. 36%. Mm, yeah. So don't I mean, go sell not, on the farm for these positions. Yeah. And we're, we're going into like an era of super coach where ceiling matters way more than it used to. So the old base beasts and all that sort of stuff where like hookers and, and front row forwards were fucking the absolute pinnacle. It's not that way anymore. So yeah, look, even with front and especially with front row forwards, they make up for uh, like fifteen percent of your starting team. They've only got ten percent representation in the top hundred. So that alone suggests that don't overvalue them because you're 100%. not going to get the bang for your buck. Yep, and you got to think so. Like when you're thinking about some of the premium front front row forward options, like Tino, Payne Haas, AFB, these guys, you've got to think. Okay, I'm going to have to reach for them. You know quite possibly reach for Tino and Payne Haas in round two. What's what's the alternative here if I go a different direction with someone that's got a higher ceiling in round two? Because round two is going to have a lot of ceiling players. That's going to be your Tottos, your Isaac Tagos, your Ruben Garricks, you know, SJ is going to be in there. Guys of this ilk. And then what, you've picked up a front row forward when you could probably pick up a front row forward in round 50, 15, that's going to get you 45 points. Yeah, and we'll go through it when we go through the actual position in the next week or so, but front row forward's one of the deeper positions. Like you, last season, we had so many players like outside of the, the top t- top 10 front row forwards that averaged over 55. Like as, yeah. they, they don't go much over 60, but fuck, there's a fair few in, the, in that exactly. sort of realm. Exactly. That's it. I mean, if you just want to sum that up, those two positions there, I mean, there's a lot of percentages that we threw at you there, and it can be a little bit hard to sort of grasp over in a podcast. But if I, if you want me to sum it up for you right now, it's pretty easy. Fuck hooker, fuck front row forward. Worry about positions elsewhere. Now, stark difference here with the 2RF. So 
taking up 23.1% of your starting team, and they make up 28% of the top 50 players. Well, top 100 here, mm. I've narrowed it down to the top 50. 28% of the top 50 um, are two RFs, with 65% of those top two RFs sitting between 20 and 50 picks, meaning it's a safe bet to sort of start targeting these guys mid-round three, picks sort of around that 25-plus through to mid-round five, picks 45-ish. And 18 of those 29 two RFs in the top 100 average over 60. So there's a stark difference now. Yeah. We're talking about hooker, front row forward, now the two RFs, where they take up a huge chunk of the top 100. And they also are out there averaging over 60. Like there's a big chunk of yeah. those players averaging over 60. And they they come in two two different speeds. So you've got obviously your base beast lock type players, and then you've obviously got your edge um, back rowers as well. You've got to have at least similar similar to any rugby league team. You need to have two edge back rowers and one lock forward to kind of give you give you a bit of a, a base to work from. You've got to be getting at least one strike two RF in your top five picks. Has to have at mm. least one, at least one. Yeah, um, and hundred percent agree. You should be targeting either pick pick three or pick four. Yeah, I love has those. To be one of those. I love the the round three, four, five. You need to be walking around with away with two, 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 two RFs. Yep, yep. In those three rounds, I really like that. You know, you, you're spending your first two rounds on some high ceiling players, maybe trying to shore up some of the positions that are lacking in depth at the same time, if possible, and then just really just setting the guts of your team with some solid 2RFs that have upside as well. So 2RFs are very, very fucking important in everyone's team. Um, Let's move on to the halfbacks. Now, for the halfbacks, for such a shallow position, it really performs well. 20% of the top 20 averaging players are made up of halfbacks. So mm. that's obviously brought up because you've got such guns like Nico Hines, uh, Nathan Cleary, DCE, Jerome Hughes, also SJ playing really well last season as well. Mm. Uh, you had all four halfbacks in the top 20 averaging over 70. So we're getting up there with this, the ceilings here for the halfbacks. Um, just hot property, I think, in the first two yeah. rounds. With guys, like I said, DCA Hughes, Moses, SJ, if you're not walking away with one of these big halfbacks, these big, deep, big swinging dick halfbacks in the first two to three rounds, I think you've gone wrong somewhere. Yeah, I think it, it will come down to... For me, it's going to be spine, spine, two RF, CTW, two RF, something on those lines. But yep. you've got to be like water. You've got to chase value when it presents itself. So you yep. go over your head, head on a swivel, all those other fucking gimmicky lines, but they all hold weight because it's true. Yep, 100%. No. So your halfback, very interesting. Um, obviously, it's a position lacking in depth, but. Mm, yeah, yeah, it does pack a punch. Now, 5'8", especially with all the jewels uh, being thrown away here. Look, 5'8's fucked. Let's be honest here. And if you're not talking about Dylan Brown or Cam Munster, mm. then it is literally just wait and see what happens at the back end of drafts because there's just nothing there to be had. Ponga's dropped out. Manu's dropped out. Br- Brimo's lost. Yuck, 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 yuck. 
Do you know what I mean? I, mm. I can see myself if I don't have Brown or Mad Dog just picking up scraps round 10 plus. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, uh, I'm liking the idea of maybe taking a stab at maybe either Burton or Brooksy, depending on if there's value when they do rear their head. I do like the Brooksy call. Yeah. As long as as long as value stays with Brooksy, like as always, you know, throughout he doesn't, the preseason, he doesn't, he doesn't average under fifty. Exactly, classic players start talking about him. All of a sudden, people start uh, catching on, and then the yeah. value is lost in a guy. Um, he's not a guy that I'm going to go reaching for. Nah, I, forget, I, forget, I wanna, I, forget I said anything about Brooks. Yeah, I want to. I want to take him at his value, but again. You're talking about two guys that have that jewel, that sexy fucking jewel mm. of halfback five eight jewel eligibility, and that's that's what we like. Um, but yeah, just the that that's that whole halfback five eight, like you said, probably spine spine in the first two rounds, trying to chase ceiling. Um, but if you mm. can get a fullback and either in either a halfback or a five eight, so just say you went fullback or halfback. And then a fullback or halfback and or a five eight, and then went two RF two RF two RF, and then worried about your CTWs maybe the next two picks. Yeah. I really do like that. You got a solid I, fucking team. Yeah, I think you really we'll, we'll well we'll get to the fullback bit. You need to shore that up pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now let's get into the CTWs. Now, obviously, most team uh, makeups you've got four CTWs, right? So they are taking up a fair chunk of your team. 31% of your starting team. Hmm. CTWs, they make up 35% of the top 100, but 60% of those CTWs sit between 50 and 100. So although it's fantastic hmm. to have one of these weapons like Mazu, To'o, Asako, one of these guys that you're probably going to have to reach for in round two, it's probably a better strategy to look at them post sort of Pick forty five ish around there, so take, you're take looking it, at round few, five. Take a few stabs because Mar- Marju, Isako, DWZ, none of those guys were in the top fifty picks last year. So exactly. it stands the reason that there are going to be players of that ilk that'll come in mm-hmm. this season. Mm-hmm. Take a few stabs with with your ladder yep. picks. Make it make it interesting. Also, with your CTWs, what you want to do is you want to target some guys that are playing on the dominant edge of a top five attacking team, top Mm. six attacking team, something like that. Start there and then get as many of those in your team as possible and then start them and rotate them through your starting side due to matchup. You check the the weekly rubdown Patreon, check the matchups, check the stats and go, okay, I start this guy. And that's how you run CTW. I mean, obviously, if you're drafting, like you said, walk, be like water, you're sitting there and fucking Toto falls at your lap at pick 15, you take Toto. But, like you said, it stands the reason that someone outside the top 50 picks or more than than one player is going to make their way into the top 20. So keep that in mind. Um, And there's a stat I'll talk about a little bit later that'll back that up. Uh, Fullback, so the Ferraris, yep. You want them in your team. The Alphas, the Big Dicks, they make up 26% of the top 50, uh, 13 fullbacks, and eight of them averaging over 70. 
So that is, which is ridiculous. You need one of those crazy. in your team. You need yep. sell the farm to store it. And like in direct comparison to the CTW, you've got it's obviously more than the CTW position, which is while considering how many more CTWs are available for Supercoach and how many yeah. more CTWs you need in your side. So just get get a fullback. Get yeah. a fucking fullback. They're, they're, get they, they have their hands on the ball almost as much as the halves. They're in attacking positions. They're always injecting themselves. And a lot of the time, they're backing up attacking players. So they are in one of the best positions to get attacking output. So, yep. fuck, in the attack-minded game that we've got at the moment, you need to invest in fullbacks. And, like, this is – we've gone over this a number of times. Like, this isn't this isn't new ground. Hmm. And just because of how important they are and how how amazing they are, they are for a super coach output, I love targeting more than one fullback. So get a fullback in your fullback spot, and then wherever you can, try and get another fullback, another player that plays fullback for their NRL side, but is available at another position for super coach. Mm. I know that's a little bit harder this year because jewels have yeah. dropped out. Yeah. Things will change though. Jewels will be added throughout the season. Mm. You know, someone like, you know, if, if Xavier Savage gets the start for the Raiders, he's a fullback CTW. Hammer. Throw him in he's your CTWs. Hammer. Put him in your CTWs. Especially mm. if you have picked up someone like Turbo or someone like Little Puppy and you've got them at fullback, you need an insurance policy there. Yep. And you need to be able to have that insurance policy in your side but not be hurt if. Turbo or Puppy stays healthy and performs. Yeah. And the I way mean, the, you do that is carry per- jewel. The, the perfect insurance policy for Turbo is Turbo and Garrick. But mm. there's a there's a few there's a little bit of uncertainty with how Garrick will perform this season, but it's saying the same last season. I just yeah, I just love just collecting fullbacks. That's the that's collector. The if you, yeah, just get as many fullbacks in your side as possible because when people are looking at your side, they're going to go, the first thing they're going to look at their side and they're going to go, why is my fullback so shit? Like, what the fuck mm. has happened here in this draft? Yeah. And then they're going to check your team after the draft is finished and go, well, that's why, because this cunt has them all. He's got all the fullbacks. Mm. And then you have all the power in traits. Yeah. Because everyone wants a good fullback. Everyone. Yeah, exactly, so, exactly. Yeah, it's a good strategy to have. So just sort of summing up those positions and where they sit statistically for their super coach output. Going off the numbers, you know, you should be targeting, like we said, a high-end halfback, fullback, first, 5'8", way too sh- shallow to stress about, mm. um, unless one of the sexy ones lands in your lap and you're sweet. Otherwise, I think just fuck it. Round three to five, they belong to the two RFs. Keep that in the back of your mind. Two RFs belong in the three to five range. Then some CTWs playing, like I said, playing those dominant edges. Um, and then after you've done that, once you're sitting with, you know, a fullback, a halfback, you know, two or three, two RFs, a couple of CTWs, then you pop your head up and you have a look. Who's yeah, available? You, you, at you pick, you pick nine, nine, ten, that sort of, yep. that sort of realm. Who's available at five eight? And you know, you might be like, you might pop your head into the hooker and go, "Who's available here?" You know what? No one. I'll go front row forward first. 
Don't mm. pick hooker right then because you need one when there's a front row forward there that you know will average more. That's stupidity. Yeah. You may you may have to AE your hooker spot. And if you have to, and that's what you're gonna do, you might you might have to AE your five eight spot. Whatever. You need to take value. The back end of your draft is when you need to be fucking f- the most fluid. Yeah. And picking the best value when it pops its head up, head up. So don't just be picking a hooker or five eight because you're like, oh, I haven't got one yet. So you end up picking a guy that's going to average forty when there's a front row forward there that's going to average fifty eight. Yeah, yeah. That's as simple as that. But hundred percent. It's just always it's just always really, really interesting to have a look at where those where those positions sit in importance in your draft. And like everyone can sit there and go, Yep, I just don't like doing front row forward or you know, fuck this or fuck that, but the stats are there to back it up. And you can see all these stats in the Patreon, it's all there in a pretty little table that you can read and it's there plain as the fucking nose on your face. It's easy to see. So Yeah, yeah. And we've looked at we've looked at those stats over the last two years. And they're pretty consistent over those those two yeah. years as well. So not much has yeah. changed. No, and it's it's a strategy that has worked. Oh yeah. So Wooker, if going into twenty twenty four, early doors, what would you mm. say your top three tips are? I mean, these will probably change as we go through, but sitting here now, how are you thinking you're going to approach your draft? So I kind of touched on it before and I do think you need to sort out half of your spine. So when we're talking spine players, we're obviously talking fullback, halfback, 5'8", hooker. Two out of four of those positions in your top five picks. Um, yep. So you gotta you got to be strategic. You can, you can plan out a few scenarios for your top three picks. After that, it is just free-for-all. You just got to be have your head on a swivel. Yeah. Aim, aim to cash in on edge two RFs and fullbacks as a priority um, early. So when I say early for fullbacks in your first two picks, you want to be sorting yourself out of fullback. Mm. For your edge back rowers, like you were talking about before, we want to get a decent one of those pick um, round three, round four. We really need to get one of those. Um, And the last one, only because you stole a couple of my ones that (laughs) I've had previously. Um, Be careful with buy schedules and your stacks. Now, in some circumstances, um, having a couple of stacks from the same team is a really good idea and, and all that. But just be careful with where your buys sit, whether it's in the lead up to the finals and things like that, or early on, because you could really kick yourself in the dick um, if you have a team that has, say, two buys in the first eight rounds and you've got four top players in that Uh-oh. team. Yeah, Uh-oh. it's it's panic stations. So you drop on yep. four points automatically. Um, it's not it's not a great place place to be. So just keep your finger on the pulse with that as you're going through. Switch back, check your team, and just like go okay, okay, and then you see how many plays you started to build up from each of the different teams, and just make sure you got a bit of a bit of a spread. And that's why all this preseason sort of study is is worth it because there's no fucking way in the 60 seconds you've got to pick a player while your draft's going on are you going to be able to get that information up sort it out make a pick and do all that confidently in that 60 seconds do your study beforehand spend the next couple of months knowing players knowing teams knowing when they have their buys 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Knowing that, you know, you, you've got Scott Drinkwater, who's an absolute weapon, but he does have a, a crucial buy in your Supercoach finals. These are the things you yeah, should know yeah. just off the top of your head. Yeah, and that, and that's where, like, so you don't have to do the study at the time when you're f- stressing about the pick. You've exactly. got it in the back of your mind. You All you're doing yep. is just recalling that information. Yep, 100%. Um, my three at the moment, um, and I've sort of touched on this already, but it's going to be ceiling for me, and that'll make the decision for me. When I've mm. got the decision between certain players, I'll be going, who's got the better ceiling? Obviously, I'm going to balance that with a really good floor. That's because that's what you want. That's a, that's a perfect super coach player. He's a super coach player that's got a really high ceiling, but also has a high floor. So mm. you're not getting those lows of the lows. So that's what I'll be looking at with most of my picks. Jules, we just talked about it. I'm sure this is one that I stole from you. Seventy oh, yep, percent of the jewel position <laughs> changes we have listed on Patreon are jewel yep. losses. Seventy percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things will change probably in the preseason. Obviously, I think it's at week eight that we get uh, some jewels added during the season, or is it week six? Uh, week six, week twelve, and then week eighteen. Okay. Yep. So, um, and they'll also going they'll, to be. They'll also be. Um, like additional ones put on in the lead up to kickoff. So kickoff, yeah, probably about a, a week to two weeks in the pre- before um, kickoff. So yeah, yep. End of end. And the of- other one for me, my third and final one is finals strength of schedule. Now this is most important in your first three picks because mm. they're the guys that no doubt are going to win you a championship when it comes down to it. These are the guys that you're most likely going to captain. You want them firing on all cylinders. You want them humming when you need <laughs> them the most, and that is in your finals. So that's what you need to get your head around is your final strength of schedule. And I know just the place to go and check that out because we've got it all listed up there already on the Patreon. But that's that's the thing that will seal pretty much ceiling and finals. They're the two things I'm going to go. Does he have a great ceiling? Does he fucking have a really good strength of schedule in the finals? If it's tick, tick, you're in my side, pal. Yep. Come on down. Come on Come down, on, buddy. baby. Oh, yeah, baby. That's good. Oh, oh my God. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's good. That's got me going, baby. That has got me going. Now, let's get into another little sexy stat here, Wook. And we talked about this with the guru at the start of the 2023 season. Mm. And it's it's happened again. Now, for the last – it happened bang on. History so of Yeah, it's crazy. For the last six years, only four of the top 10 averaging players make it into the top 10 in the following year. Only nine in the top 20 come back to make it into the top 20 the following year. And that is standard over the last six years. I've gone back and checked. It happens every year. It's crazy. Um, So that means... If you're looking at the top 10 averaging players from 2023, guys that at least played 16 games, because that's how I I work it, that means that there's going to be six new players in that top 10. So I thought, obviously, we've got our top 30s ready to go on the Patreon. We've got a blanket Mm. top 30 that we'll talk about tonight. And I will say this, this blanket top 30 is just for discussion. It's just for us to talk about guys as we move through. If you go onto the Patreon 
you'll find a top 30 that is specific to the final system that you play. So if you play in a final system that's around 22 to 25, you will have a specific top 30 for that final system. And the reason we do that is because someone brought it to our attention last year that buys do play a crucial role when you're drafting as they do. So we've got top 30s coming out of our asshole at the moment. But (laughs) if you're you're a final system that's 23 to 26, you've got your own top 30. Final strength of schedule for 20... Four to twenty-seven. You've got your own top thirty. So, because obviously, we're going to rate players higher or lower if they have, well, obviously lower if they have a buy during those finals systems. Yep. So, don't get too hung up on where we've got guys in this top thirty because it's just a blanket top thirty, and we just put them in there because we want to fucking talk about them. But yeah, yeah. I will say this: the thirty guys we've got there, pretty much the the thirty guys that we like to be in yeah. the top thirty. It just will be changes in their ranks depending on the the final systems that they're a part of. So yeah. I thought a, a really good thing that we could do here, uh, an exercise, was, is we could go through the top ten to start from last year and okay. just have a think about. What six players do you do we think have a possibility of making it into the top ten averaging players for next year? And what players miss out? So and of course we'll go through the top thirty and, and talk about them as we go, but we'll start with the top ten because that's the sexiest players that we want to talk about here. So last year Done. the top ten averaging players for twenty twenty three, so Nico Hines at one, Cleary, Ponga, Scotty Drinkwater, David Fafita, Reese Walsh. Clint Gutherson, Sean Johnson, Tino, and Latrell Mitchell at 10. <sighs> so who do we think misses out there? I think going they're all that, pretty fucking up there. I think going through that list, I think Drinky misses out. Yep. I think Gutho misses out. Okay. I think SJ misses out. Yep. I think Tino may also miss out. Yep. <sighs> Outside of that, oh, it's bloody tough. I I can't. I couldn't confidently say that Ponger or Walsh are miss. I don't know if Latrell, I can get to six. I can. But... I, I can get. I can get to four. Maybe Latrell, but he's he performs when he's on the field. Just how many games he plays is the issue. So say say you you go Hines will definitely be there, Cleary will definitely mm, be there. Yeah. We're big on Ponga. That's yep. three, and the other guy, let's say Reese Walsh, stays in the top ten. So that's four. They're the four guys we think are definitely going to be in the top mm. ten for twenty twenty four. The rest are up to, for debate, and maybe wow. you know, maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year that more guys <laughs> stay in the top ten, but. If you look at the wow. past six years, it, it hasn't worked out that way. Yeah. So if we want to look at the guys that we have got in the top 10 um, ranked at the moment, pretty close. Um, we've got – so our top 10, as we said, again, guys, this is, this is a blanket top 10. Things will change depending on strength of, strength of schedule. Cleary, Hines, that's easy. And honestly, it just goes down to per, personal preference for me. You like Cleary more than you like Hines? Say Cleary. Like Heinz, more than like Cleary, 
Take Hines. It, I, 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 whatever. They're both yeah. sexy. Yeah, I mean, Hines, Hines is a bit of a um, – he, he doesn't perform against the stronger teams. So, But he has averaged more than clear in the last two seasons. He has. He has. But that's because he scores like 160 in those one game, like those few single games. So I can't – reason I'm saying is that I, I can't push back on people that want Heinz. Yeah. Because what's to no, say that 160 game isn't in your grand final? Look, and then you just set, set and forget they're in the top two irrespective. Yep. And I think KP at three is a set. We, I don't think we will move him. I think he is, he'll be number three in all final systems because, well, Knights don't have a bye it, it in hurt, finals. It, it hurts that he lost Jewel, but he's yep. still three for me. Yep, 100%. Now, this is where it gets interesting because you've got Dylan Brown, Reese Walsh, Scott Drinkwater, Latrell Mitchell, and I think... Depending on where you your final system lie is where you'll rank these guys. At the moment, we've got Dylan Brown at four, Reese Walsh at five, Scotty Drinkwater at six. Now, remember, Reese Walsh has a buy in round twenty-four. Scotty Drinkwater has the dreaded buy in round twenty-five. And I but, think that's that's going to have a pretty. It's obviously going to have a massive impact for the round twenty-five grand final. But even for the 26, yep. when it's in your semi, and 27, when it's your um, your prelim, like, it's still massive impact. Yeah. And it's it's hard as well because, like, if you look at Reese Walsh, right, yes, he has the buy in round 24. We're very big on him. Our dicks are yeah. super hard over Reese. He's sexy as fuck. But, my God, does he have a poor strength of schedule in the finals? Yep. It's not great. It's like it's a sea of red. Um, and when yep. I say sea of red, we're looking at a screen where it's it's showing the positional strength of schedule and the team strength of schedule through to the different finals series. And yeah, it's it's either sixteenth or seventeenth along the, across the board. It's not great. Yep. Like for example, if you were playing in a final system that's around twenty four through to around twenty seven, he has a so the Broncos have the worst strength of schedule over those games, and he has the second worst strength of schedule for fullbacks. Mm. That's no bueno. That is no bueno. Yep. So and he that that's a perfect example when I'm going back to my twenty twenty four draft tips, is like if I've got to make a decision between Reese Walsh and someone else, that's going to play a huge part of my decision when I look at mm. Reese Walsh because he may not make it in my team because of that. Yeah. I may take someone like a Latrell Mitchell over him because of that, just because of that strength of schedule. And then obviously you've got Dylan Brown. He has got a bit of a mixed bag um, with his strength of schedule. Not too bad. Not too. It's definitely not fucking Reese Walsh. Sometimes but the real kick in the dick. Good, sometimes maybe shit. <laughs> maybe shit. <laughs> <laughs> the kick in the dick for Scott Drinkwater with that round 25 buy is that his strength of schedule is pretty sexy. Yeah, now, it is. Yeah. Which means one thing, and that means it's even better than what it shows because mm. we actually deduct points for that buy happening in round 25. So if, yeah. he, what, if he didn't have that buy in round 25, he'd have fucking probably the, probably the best strength of schedule mm. of anyone in the top 10. Like so, positionally for the round 23 to 26, he has the second best strength of schedule <laughs> and he doesn't play in round 25. Like, <laughs> that is that is like very primo. 
So this is yep. this is definitely something to take into consideration for that um that finals schedule for sure. Who would you take? Who would you take out of Reese Walsh and Scotty Drinkwater with the twenty three to twenty six final system that we have in the Loveless League? <laughs> That's difficult, man. That's real difficult. Oh um, yeah. Oh bias. That's why you never win. Gotta think with your head, uh, not with your heart, all, mate. In all honesty, um if if I have to rely on Scotty Drinkwater in the semi final which is pretty important and you have to play that mm. irrespective of if you come top two or whatever. Mm. I don't think I could I, – I would play to um, to come top two and then skip that first round and that way I wouldn't need need him in that um, that prelim final. Mm. So yeah, I would, go, a, I would, go, I would go Walshie on, on, only for our final system. Yep, yep. But – a, not to say that drink mess, is not. I would say they're pretty close. Yep, yep. Um, and then after that whole mess, what's what you can take out of that that top fucking six there is that we are very erect over Dylan Brown. Very erect. So yeah, we'll be talking a lot about him throughout the preseason. Very keen mm. on him. Uh, we've got Latrell Mitchell at seven. His strength of schedule sort of neither here nor there, but we've he can score against anyone, and he can score against anyone in the last twenty minutes and score one hundred and twenty when he was sitting at twenty points for sixty minutes of the game. He's just one of those weird players, right? The most frustrating and, player to own. Yeah, will he be there though? I, Suspensions, look, I, injuries. I reckon, I reckon he'll be as an average. Yes, total points like in, in games mm. played. That's the that's always the big concern with the troll. Not what he puts yep. on the field. Yep, hundred percent. And that's yeah, that's the that's the fucking thing. I'm just getting up how many um games that he has played over the last few he has played. If we look at total games, it's gone fourteen, and this is since back to twenty twenty. Fourteen, seventeen, fourteen, sixteen. Mm. Yeah. So he's averaging like 15 games a season over the last four years. It's not fantastic. And, and it's not it's not great for a player that you're only spending your round one pick on, or, realistically. Well, it doesn't make my fuck, fuck off line, does it? Like, you need to play nope. 16, nope. 16 games for me to look at you. So, yeah, that's um, yeah, that's one thing to look at with Latrell Mitchell for sure. Tom Travojevic, uh, we've got him at eight. Mainly have the buy in round twenty two, so it's really only going to affect you if you're um in the final system that's twenty two to twenty five, and it's only that first game anyway. Hmm. Mainly, man, they have a fucking terrible strength of schedule in all yeah. final systems. But he is if he's playing, look, he's and if he's, he's match up. If he's still there, yeah, if he's still there, that means that he'll be firing on all cylinders. He'll be humming at this point of the season if he's still fit. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Like he'll be well and truly dialed in. It won't matter who they're playing. So. Yeah, it's just that risk of, fuck, will he play? Talking about Latrell, only fucking, let's have a look at fucking what Turbo's averaged over the last um, I few wonder, seasons. Will I, will I get him at pick 11? Oh, I don't know. Mate. I might, actually. So he's gone, fuck me, this is even worse. Last four years, 
bro. <laughs> last four years. Actually, last five years. Since 2019, this is how it's gone. 12, 7, 15, 7, 11. Fuck. So over the last five years, he hasn't once played more than 16 games, which is our line. Yeah. Oh, no. I didn't think, um, honestly didn't my, think it was that bad. My, um, I didn't think it was that bad either. I thought it was only back to like three or four years ago. That Holy erection shit. I just had yeah, just that's... crawled back up into my stomach. Oh, I didn't think it was re- that bad. It, it's recessed back into my <laughs> back into my abdomen, mate. <laughs> Started mm. to go vagina. Fuck, oh, no, that's bad. I do. Yeah, lo- I bad. still do. I still do love him, and I still yep. probably will draft him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, Dave <laughs> Fafita. Uh, the thing I like about Dave Fafita is his strength of schedule with the Titans. Yes, that's very sexy. What are you having? Like an eighty? Two average. Yep. Honestly, I can't see much changing there. He only scored like eight tries. Uh, Kieran Foran uh, really brought him to the forefront in in the way that brought up his base and got him involved a mm. lot more off the ball, doing a lot of things for the, the, the guys around him. I think he had 21 total try involvements, and when you look at him only scoring eight tries, it just means what he's doing for the blokes around him. Yeah. He's so, um- – he, he he grew massively as a player and last season more than I've seen from any other player for a long time. Like he he started to have those effort plays that you don't often see from that type of player. Like he was more for the just give me the ball, I'll fucking like bowl bowl down fucking five people and get through a mad try. No, he was putting in the effort, making the tackles, doing the hard runs. So I I loved what what he was about last season. And look, all of us who were non-owners last year were just crying in our cereal every morning, <laughs> watching this cunt from round seven go 82, 84, 114, 100, 111, 116. Then he got injured. He came back from injury, 121, 107. Through the middle of I the I mean, year. it's like it's... He is one of the well. He's not one of. He is the top tier tour F, and he is the best tour F option. And he's got one of the better By ceilings far. of any forward, any forward. Yep. So. Yep. And the thing, like we talked about, Desi and the effect he's going to have on some of these players. If there's one player at the Titans that Desi is going to ask questions and then listen to, the answer that they've got is Kieran Foran. Mm. So Desi goes to Kieran. Says Fozzy. What do we got here, brother? What do we need to change? What do we need to do? Kieran goes, mate, just leave fucking big Fafita on my on my hip. Leave that alone. Yeah. It works. Just let me. I got it. I got it handled here. You know, I yeah. put some work into him. I've got it handled on this side. So that's how I'm sort yeah. of thinking it might go I did. Down. I did also forget when we we're talking about him earlier. I did forget that the old the old Foz and um Foz and Hasler. Connection mm. as well, so yeah. his his yeah. word will take a lot more weight to Hasler. Yeah, yeah true that hundred man hundred. Um, and then at ten we've got Harry Grant. Uh, and now I mean probably the best strength of schedule of any player, of any player. we've got listed here in the top thirty. Mm. Uh, not only Storm, Storm themselves have some of the best matchups throughout all 
final systems. Oh, but yeah. Throughout all three final systems, Harry Grant has the number one strength of schedule for hookers. The number one. Mm. So, and I don't want to. I don't want to use some of the stats and some of the stuff I'm going to talk about in the hooker podcast. But some of the shit that I've I've gone down the rabbit hole a little bit with Harry Grant. And the reason I did that is because I didn't want to believe it. And I I kept trying to find stats so I could read those stats and go, yeah, you're right. Don't touch him this year, Natty. You had him last year. It's it's left a bad taste in your mouth. Just leave him. So I kept trying to find that fucking stat. And all I found was more and more Harry Grant stats that just really drive home that he belongs around that 9, 10, 11 pick. So. I mean, one of the biggest detractions there, for I'm me... I'm going to take <laughs> One of the biggest it. detractions for me historically for Hazard has been lack of ceiling. But we saw last season that he topped the ton about five or six times. And like mm-hmm. that, 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 was, that was significant. High. That was significant. Um, but he also dropped a number of stinkers and not just below 50, like below 40 stinkers. Um, and you've you've obviously felt a few of those. It just means that he's not the safest bet as a captaincy option week in week out. No, no, and that's and that's he is heavily he is heavily tied to how the storm perform. Mm, Most hookers can perform well whether their team is playing well or whether they're not. I mean, Wade Egan and JMK are, are really good examples of that. Yeah, because they'll, they'll Whereas, pump out. They can pump out nearly a hundred, and the Whereas, team gets pumped. Harry Grant can he can perform well, but if you want those one hundred and twenty point scores, you need the Storm to be pumping teams, and that's when yeah. he really starts turning it on. That's when he starts scooting a lot. That's when he's putting, you know, turning blokes under close to the line, putting Nas over, nice little cutout balls close to the line. That's when he just he starts playing backyard footy, and he's the only hooker that does that. Yeah. So that's what you're getting with him. So you just hope that if you pick him at 10, that you're going to get a better Storm outfit, less injuries, Ryan Pappenhausen comes back. Obviously, he is a huge key to them pumping teams. When he's yep. playing and he's fit and well, they're a fucking good team. Mm. So, yeah. Actually, not a bad stack, Grant. If you're a Ryan Pappenhausen believer, not a bad stack, Harry Grant and Pappenhausen. That sorts out to your spine as well. Yep. You you would be you'd, you'd be very wise to have some backup there for your fullback spot oh, yeah. though. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. So that's the top ten. In the next ten here, so picks eleven to twenty, we've got Big Tino, Brian To'o, Greg Marzu, Cam Munster, Sean Johnson, Payne Haas, Ruben Garrick, Jerome Hughes, Mitch Moses, and Daly Cherry Evans. So Tino speaks for himself. Um hmm. He just gets it done. It's going to be interesting more, to see more whether more he, his minutes shifts stay. the lock, I think. Yeah. With him, with him getting Palacia, I think more than likely he shifts the lock. It scares me with Desi because if anyone's going to feel the brunt, it's going to be the forwards because he <laughs> yeah. does love to rotate his forwards quite healthily. Mm. Does And that's the best thing about Tino is that he plays big minutes. You know, he pumps out 60 to 65 minutes, big man. He's got some upside in him, gets through plenty of work while he's out there. All of a sudden, Desi starts playing with his minutes and you've spent a pick 11 on him. You're like, oh, no. Yeah, he's, oh, no. he's, one, of the, he's one of the more risky ones that I'll, yep. I'll be avoiding around that area and I'll be looking to invest somewhere else. 
Yep. Uh, you've got the you've got obviously the fucking big kings of the CTW here, Brian To'o and Greg Marzu, and you look at guys in this position coming off such a great year, and you obviously you can smell the regression. Mm. I just can't smell it in these two. Like honestly, I think they could go even better. Yeah, and when you're talking about like Kalen Ponga and obviously Maju, Maju is a big beneficiary of everything good that Ponga does on the field. We didn't see the peak of Ponga, and I, I just feel like the, the only way is up. Um, and yeah, I think Maju. The only the only thing that could be a detraction for him is if um, the edge back rower and Bradman Best inside of him start to see a bit more ball and are used mm. as more of an option um, and they get more success inside of him, he'll obviously won't see as many um, good quality balls come out on the outside. Mm. Um, so that's where I see a bit of a risk and it might be something that feeds into um, our future list where he might be bumped down a little bit just because of that. But yeah, that's that's just something that's bumping around my head. Yeah, it's it's the for me it's the fact that he has a fifty base in him mm. without scoring a trial or yeah. or making a line break, and then but also you've got a guy that's got a fifty base in him who is playing on one of the most prolific attacking edges in the comp. Yeah, with one of the best attacking players there, so yeah. it's like. Okay, they fed the guys inside in this game. He scored 51. You're like, mm. fuck. He didn't even see any ball. But all of a sudden, the next game, they start doing video on Bradman Best because he had a big game. They fed him or they fed the two-on-ref. <laughs> yeah, Kalaponga yeah. was uh, dummy and going. They're going, ah, oh, we have to jam up in him. And the winger starts jamming mm. up and KP just goes, Get some early ball. skip, skip, bang, and does the big cutout ball to Greg Marzu. All of a sudden, yeah. you've got a 120-point game. It, it might ebb and flow like that. But him having that base to protect him from having the floor, a poor score. The floor is so is good. It's just yummy. Um, so Ken Munster, we've got him sort of around that, what, middle of the round two here, picks 14, 15, yeah, 16. Yeah. The Shine's sort of been taken off uh, the Mad Dog for me. Uh, he has declined in average over the last couple of years. got a 71 last year. I think that's what you can probably expect from him, an average between 68, 72, something like that. Mm. But – He's just he's just a weird weird player to have, you know. He doesn't perform well when Storm are humping teams. Um, really hard player to sort of predict when he's going to go well, and that would yeah. just fucking shit me. I mean, you had him last year. You could probably speak more on this. Yeah, one of the more frustrating players to to own um, because look, you, you obviously look around at strength of schedules and things like that, and he's the opposite. And we've spoken about this before mm. as well. And the thing that really concerns me is for each of the each of the strength of schedules um, groupings for the finals, from a team perspective, the Storm have a fucking unreal run. That concerns me for Cam Munster's input in those games. So for me, I'm not looking at Cam Munster at all. The the yeah. only way I'd look at Cam Munster is round three, uh, which is not yep. never it's never going to happen. But yeah, I'm I'm not looking at him because yeah, I, I feel like I can get better value um, around that sort of area. Mm. Yeah, it's just it just doesn't 
obviously value is value and you need to keep your yeah. head in the swivel. But like I'm obviously not going to be reaching for a guy like Cam Munster. Sean Johnson's very interesting because obviously we've got the addition of RTS and this right edge. Mm. We saw yep. how how well that right edge did attack for the Warriors. But he's aging. He's not a year older. You're coming off a year where he averaged 78. I mean, very hard to replicate, especially for a guy of his age. But I just mean, I just think with this Warriors team, they're going to be going hard at it this season. And I think it's mm. all, all the ball is going to be going down that right edge. And I think he's going to have his fingerprints all over everything. Hard if well, you are around twenty seven grand finalist because oh yeah Warriors he just he just drops he drops all the way yep yep but other than that him and the Warriors do have is, a very sexy strength of schedule they do they do and even when they take even for the um the round twenty seven final strength of schedules <laughs> they still have the fifth and sixth best for position mm. and team. Mm. Um, strength of schedule. So, yeah, he's definitely one to consider, um, irrespective if you think you can cover in um, in a in a captain's league with your captain from round one. Mm. Yeah, he's he's someone that's going to be very interest, interesting as we go through the preseason and toggle with where we want to take him because there's a lot of ups and downs with him and taking him this early. Obviously, it worked out for everyone. You would have got him really late last year, and it's worked out perfectly for you. He's average 78. Mm, yeah, yeah. But tough having him this high in the draft, especially, yeah. Like 33-year-old 33, 33 halfback. Mm. And a lot of people will be targeting him. A long history of soft tissue injuries as well. So yep, yep. can't be understated. Uh, then we've got Payne Haas. I don't think there's much we need to talk about here with Payne Haas. He'll keep on keeping on, be around that 70 average. Um, he just won't have that that ceiling. Uh, mm. Perfect if you are in a non-captain's league. This is the type of guy you want to have in your side. Yeah, for sure. Co- coefficients of variance. It's going to be very low. It's going to be pumping at that 70 very consistently. Mm. Um, not much else to say around him. Ruben Garrett. Now, he's interesting, bro. You did sort of pick up a, mm. t- a a thing before about having Turbo and Garrick, which it's possible here. It's possible oh, where, we've look, where, where they're going to drop. Very possible. Mm. And it it doesn't get any sweeter than that. I mean, and we talked about it last podcast. Ruben Garrick is the only manly player that is turbo proof. Mm. Yep. Because he play Turbo plays, he's going to feed him good ball on that left edge. Turbo doesn't play, he goes back to fullback. His base base stats go up. It doesn't matter. He averages seventy one every year, regardless of whether mm. Turbo plays or he doesn't play. So, just it's just that upside if Turbo plays, and and obviously we haven't seen a full season with Garrick playing left wing and Turbo playing fullback and what that looks like, having yeah. Garrick in your side. Kicking goals, mainly gunning teams, could be very arousing. It could be. Like he could like if they start absolutely pumping teams, you could be putting another four points on that average. Easy. Easy. Just in goals. Just in goals. Yep. yep. So yeah, it's it's something to take into consideration for sure. And that all important fullback duel. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's nice. That is fucking nice, isn't it? Mm. Even if you 
I mean, it doesn't even matter if you don't get Tom Trevojevic. I mean, even if you picked up, you know, you were the the Reese Walsh or the Scotty Drinkwater or the Latrell Mitchell owner, picking mm. up Garrick, getting Luttrell, him in your side. Latrell into Garrick is not the worst play either. Mm. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I mean, again, you've you you're ticking boxes here. You're getting fullbacks, yeah, you're for getting sure. sexy jewels, you're getting guys with upside. Um yeah, you've done well there if you back it up with a Garrick pick. And then these last three guys we've got in the top twenty, you've got Hughes, Moses, and Daly Cherry Evans. And they're really the last big breeds of the half pack position. Mm. I love Jerome Hughes. I love Jerome Hughes. I love the combination that he sparked up with Ellie Katoa last year. I love the Storm strength of schedule. I love his strength of schedule for halfback specifically. Um, I love everything about him. I mean, and he may even slip into early round three. You, you never know. Mitch Moses, on the other hand, I think every year Mitch Moses sort of slides into more of a an organisational role. And I think they, every that takes year, up a they takes up a step with um with dual bags. I think he's definitely going to have more of a say in the team. For sure, every year that Moses takes a back step and and plays like that, you you, you sort of see more out of Dylan Brown, which is mm. I guess we're on the same page here with looking at these two guys. You know, we're devaluing Moses and putting more value behind Dylan Brown. Oh, he's on the plonk! Look out! On the good stuff. Oh, tasty! And Daly Cherry Evans. I mean, coming off a year with a seventy-seven average, can he replicate? That's the question. I don't. I don't think so. I think there's the, there is a significant amount of regression there. Um, yeah, I, th- I think there is definite definite regression. Um, but again, depends on where we see Turbo coming in. Yeah, whether we see him That's playing the out the season. Like, there's, yep. there's a lot of there's a lot of things to come out of it. Yep, and I guess you've got to think. You know, like you probably picked DCE last year, thinking. Oh, it's going to be great having DCE Turbo, um, and then Turbo gets injured. Injured, and you were probably pretty worried about how that was going to affect DCE. But he just went on to fucking kick goals and, and play mm. fantastic throughout the rest of the season. So, I guess knowing that now that we have seen DCE play so well without Turbo in the side, it's probably a bit of a security blanket when you're taking DCE. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be outside of the top thirty. I think DCE is. He's pretty safe where he where he's in. Yep. Uh, now the next ten in the top thirty. These are the guys that are, are the blurriest. You know that top twenty <laughs> looks pretty fucking. That top twenty looks really solid to me, but the next ten, this could change drastically from week to week from now until mid February. So at the moment we've got. Hopgod, Jermaine Hopgood. We've got Maddie Burton, Val Holmes, Joey Manu, Clint Gutherson. Teddy makes the top 30. Paddy Carrigan's there. Sammy Walker, Jermaine Asako, Isaac Tago. So hard to sort of drill down on any one of these guys because it could change drastically. Oh, yeah. um, I will Good say time. that I love that we've put Isaac Tago in there because I'm going to be a big believer of his. If he does indeed collect that right center spot. I do love that for him. Mm. Yeah. The, uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see trials to see where he does land because yep. there's talk, there's talk that um, 
there's talk that it could be Taylor May who goes on yeah, that could, side. Yeah, I heard that as well. Taylor May could mm. go to the right. So yeah, it is it is one to watch. I, I still like him. I just won't like him as oh, yeah, much. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, Sam Walker. Uh, I I got him there because I like him. I like that right edge for the Roosters, but I do want to have a chat to Brian about this ACL the ACL strain, strain or, whatever or whatever it is. It is. Yeah, 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 like what's his performance going to be like? Mm. What's the chances that what are the implications? Rupture. Yeah, like yeah, is, is yeah. It, what's the percentage? Give us a percentage, Brian, about what's when's he going to rupture this ACL? Like I want to know these fucking things. Yeah. Um, Teddy's very interesting, isn't he? Because he slipped. I mean, we're talking about a guy. But he slipped for the last like five years. He has, but up until last year, he has been in the top five averaging players for five years straight. Yeah, so he is aging and he's declining a lot. But we're talking about a guy that's been at the tip of the tippity top of the game for a long time. Mm. Um, and I mean, if he's in, if he's round three, I mean, it's a steal. I'll be taking. Yeah, I mean, last last four years, he's gone from 95 average to 87 average to 79 average to 69 average. So, I mean, I'm I'm concerned about the rate of those drops Mm. and the implications of guys like Manu, guys like um, Sammy Walker, taking a fair bit of the um, attacking output away from Tedesco. And that's where I see the biggest concern. I actually think that that's a positive thing for Teddy. I think the disrupt the disruption in the team throughout last year only hurt Teddy because the when we see the worst out of Teddy is when he thinks he can do it all. He's like, oh, mm. he's injured, he's not playing well. No, I'm just no, going when he thinks he gonna, has to, has to do it all. When I'm going to dance around, I'm not going to actually do anything. I'm just going to waste time and kill the attack and. That's when you just go, come on, Teddy. But when everyone's firing, everyone's playing their role, and they're playing really direct, and that's when they play the best ball. And that's when Teddy mm. plays his best ball is when they're very direct in their attack. And I think coming into 2024, if they've ironed out all those issues, you know, you're not going to have that Angus Crichton bullshit this year. You're going to have Samuel mm. Walker coming in. Hopefully he's good to go. Joey Manu's not going to have to play 15 positions. Um, yeah. It it could it could go either either way. It could go that yeah. yes, he's just getting old and he continues to regress, or he's going to average around that sixty nine seventy, or that the Roosters are healthy, looking good, playing better, beating teams, and that he actually gets a nice little bump of maybe three or four points there. But mm. it, it's where we've got him. I think is value. I I think I think that's good position. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um. Joey Manu, again, same sort of thing with Teddy and the Roosters. Mm. Val Holmes, hard yeah, I think I, I think Val Holmes could, could present a bit of value. Hurts that he doesn't have fullback, but, um, I mean, he hasn't played a game of fullback in a few years, so it makes sense. I mean, we spoke about it before with um, – uh, with Drinky and strength of schedule for 20, 23 to twenty six is pretty damn good for Val Holmes as well. Mm. So if you if you're in that sort of bracket um, for your final schedule, one to look at, especially for your yep. um, your round three pick. Yep, exactly. But you just got to keep that round twenty five in the back of your mind that yeah, the Cowboys do have that buy. Mm. Um, 
Clint Gutherson, we're expecting a little bit of a drop from him. He had a 79 average last year. He's probably going to come down to earth a little bit if Moses and Dill Brown are both healthy in this side. He's obviously, he was, obviously he had was to do a little bit of the heavy lifting. For, yeah, yep. big time. He had to step up and do a little bit more for the Eels. So keep that in mind. Um, I mean, other than that, you seem to be pretty big on Matty Burton and you know five eight halfback dual eligible eligibility this year. That left edge yeah. looking really sexy. What's your thoughts here? I mean, we talked a yeah. lot about him last year and yeah. egg on our face. <laughs> no, look at the start of the season and towards the midway point in the season, he was averaging about seventy points. So he's got it in him for sure. He had a bit of him and like the doggies in general, just had a bit of a fucking shit fight towards the back end of the season. Look, I think with the with the cattle that they've had coming in, um, I think it only helps his um, his teams go forward and getting themselves in attacking positions. So, mm. look, I, I think that plus having the halfback eligibility is going to be huge. And, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm looking at him round three or round four. Um, if he's available round four, I'm jumping on him like you wouldn't believe. Late round three, I think is sensational value. I've got him pegged around like the turn um, midway point through round three. So, yeah, like like I said before, it's um, it's pretty fluid. These are going to change a little bit, especially when we start to look at the different final schedules and um, what impact that's going to have on each of the. Um, each of the rankings. Like you said, dual eligibility, kicking goals. The dogs will no doubt be a better side in 2024. He'll be kicking more goals. Yeah. Kicking more goals. Just more points, more tries, more goals, more points. Better for Matty Burton. Um, Yeah. The more, the more, the more I think about, the more I'm starting to, I'm very aroused. Get a little bit excited <laughs> about Matty Burton, to be honest. So, yeah. Um, all right, guys. Like that's our that's our blanket top thirty, and that was just for us to just start talking about players and start sort of rolling the tongue over some of these names and getting into the vibe of things. But as always, we'll go through each position: hooker, front row forward, two RF, halfback, five eight. Each position will have their own rub, and we'll be going to these players in depth and. Pretty much, it's just the, the the process that we have. And if you want to jump on board with us, as we go through, we're learning along with you. We're talking about things. We're coming up with ideas, strategies um, as we go along. So as, as we sit here, it's very early in the piece, and we're very raw, very green. But at the end of the whole 2024 rub down preseason, we'll be fucking ready to draft, baby. Level Oh, tools. big time. Um, one thing I want to t- touch on uh, before we start wrapping up is the listener league, baby. Oh yeah, get the five star sledges in, boys and girls. One, you need to be a tier two subscriber on the Patreon. Sort that out first. Then you want to hop over to Apple iTunes and you want to leave a five star sledge. Click the five stars, and then when it goes in and says write a review, give us a sledge. Go your hardest. Um, I don't know what the, uh, you know, like what the uh, terms and conditions are on iTunes, but I'm sure they'll tell you if you've gone too hard. 
But have a read of the 99 sledges that are on there and you'll get a nice little vibe about how, what's getting accepted and, and, and what the sort of vibe is out there about the sledges and how to get into us. And every week, we will read out a five-star sledge that we like. I usually don't tell Wook about it. I get his live reaction. Yeah. And as we go along, I collect our favorite ones and we pick our favorite eight. And those eight will join us and uh, Rico, the guy that sorts us out with the beer. And the winner will take home five cartons of that lovely nectar. So not only if you win, not only will you have the bragging rights over us, say that you beat us at our own game, but you'll have five cartons of the frothiest to go home with. And as always, we play by the loveless league rules. So we all have bet rounds. So you'll the get a mandatory nice, bet rounds. Mandatory bet rounds. You'll get a really good introduction into how we do things with the, the, the loveless league. You'll learn about bets and hopefully you can take some of that, go back to your league and implement them there as well. But it's really good. Everyone's yep. been such a good sport about it. Everyone's loved the bets. Everyone's gotten really involved. We, ha- we have a WhatsApp chat. The banter's fucking fantastic. Mm, Last year was the, probably the, the best chain. year we've had. It's been very good. So we've got another year to go. We went pretty good last year. Well, look, we, we took it a bit more serious after we a did. couple of um, pretty poor for our standards uh, seasons. And last year we came home with a fucking wet sail. We got all this. Jeez, we drafted well. KP, Reese Walsh, <laughs> Joey Manu. Mate, <laughs> can, we pull can, we pull, can we pull that off again? Oh, let's hope so. Let's hope so, baby. Um, so what's to come uh, on the rub over the next couple of the weeks? You could probably expect a rub down every three to four days from now on until sort of mid-February. We want to tie things yeah. up. One, we want things tied up around mid-February, so the last sort of two weeks of February, we know that you're going to be doing your drafting, so you're going to have all that information there. Also, we want to free walk up to be a dad because he's going to be a brand new dad around there mid February. So we don't want to be uh, imposing on all that time. That skin yeah. to skin, that beautiful time, little baby, skin little skin to skin. Fuck, how many times have I heard that from <laughs> midwives and shit? Fuck yeah, you'll hear it a lot more, bro. Trust yeah, me, no doubt. Um, no doubt. We'll have some collabs with Guru. I'll be heading down to Sydney a couple of times. We'll get in there, record with yep. Guru, do some good shit with him. We'll obviously have Brian the injury uh, for the injury rub down um, on. That's always such a good podcast, and it changes a lot of our opinions talking to Brian because mm. um, the the best thing about him is he's coming onto the podcast not only with his his knowledge of the the injuries that have occurred. Um, at NRL level, but he's also, when he talks to us, he talks to us in a sense that's really focused in on draft because he's a draft player himself. Yeah. So when he talks exactly. about an injury in a player, he's going, I don't know about his return to performance in this sort of, I, I wouldn't draft him. I, I he, he would drop down a few draft picks for me. And when he talks like that, that gets me up and about. I'm like, yes, mm. this is what what we need we don't have to try and translate that into something for draft he's already done it for us he's talking about injuries and directly correlating them with draft knowledge it's yeah he gives us the business oh yeah baby oh yeah right pretty decent hit out for the first run of 2024 bro what do you think yeah look i I think we we started off strong came home 
pretty well. Mm-hmm. Look, I think there's a there's a lot to get through this season, and oh, yeah. as we're as we're going through and we're we're starting to work out each of the positions, it's starting to give us a bit better of a feel for how we're actually ranking a lot of these players and and our valuing. So, look, there's a lot of shit to come on on Patreon, and yeah, we've been banging on banging on about it because we're fucking proud of it. And yep. we're looking to um, to pull together the the almanac or, or what's it called? What, what do we call oh, it? Oh yeah, the rub the rub down um, almanac. The almanac. That's it. Exactly. That's, pretty, yeah. it, that's what it is because that's what we're, that's what we're doing here. It's a, well, it's the rub files, but it's pretty much the, the almanac. Files. We're giving that's you a it. book that you can look at, and it, you're going to just fucking read the future. We're giving you the future right yeah. now. So, so hopefully, we, it's a lot of work. The rub files. So we're trying to collate all the information that we got on the Patreon into a nice little preseason booklet that you can take away. What did we say? 20 bucks we were going to give Something it out for 20 bucks. Lines, yeah. It's going to look it's going to look pretty. You can print it out or you can have a PDF file downloadable. Um but it's something that we're working on um a little bit time consuming but hopefully we can get that out around mid February, maybe early February something like that. But yeah. um, yeah, it's in the early stages of development, so hopefully we can get it's that probably out for you it's probably a season early, but hey, we're we're gonna get it out for you, and yeah, we'll give it a go. Give, give it a right give, go. Give give give. That's what we do, baby. Give give give. That's what the right, man. says. Should we get the fuck out of here, bro? Let's do it, mate. Let's do it. Yeah, let's get. Like I said, get out there. Follow us on all the socials. If you ha- if you listen to us and you're not following us on all the socials, or you haven't subscribed on on Apple iTunes, or you're not a, a fucking Patreon subscriber, you're an absolute dog. Get on board. You, you heard get it on here board. First. Come on, get amongst it, baby. Fire up those five star sledges, so, so. <laughs> mate. Just get on there and read them. They're, they're that good. They are that good. <laughs> um, and of course, if you want to be in a draft league, you want to give draft a go. Just DM us. We'll put you a one. But yeah, that is so. it, people. Remember, there are many things a man can do with his time. And this is better than most things. You're damn right, Walker. Catch us next round on the Weekly Rubdown. You can take me now. I have seen it all. Get that India. Catch up.